नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय यदाताभवती भारता अभ्युत्थात्मजनाय साधूना विनाशा च दुष्कृता धर्म संस्थपनाथाया संभवामी जुगे जुगे जन्म कानमच्च मे दिव्यामेति तत्वता त्यक्तेहम भुनाजन्मा In the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan Sri Krishna explains to all of us for what reason and when he descends into this material world. He describes that whenever and wherever there is a rise in irreligion and a predominant rise in irreligion at that time I descend into this world <coughs> The specific Sanskrit word that is used here is dharma Generally the word dharma is translated into English as religion. In the dictionary, religion is defined as a particular type of faith. But this is not an accurate understanding of the true essence of the word dharma. because there is one universal dharma which lord shri krishna is describing and there are many many individual types of faith some people say i like my religion but i do not like your religion and you like your religion but i do not like my religion but we all have our religion so our religion is right now if this was the case that religion is any way you like it to be is there a need for the supreme absolute truth to descend into this world to annihilate irreligion if religion is whatever anyone wants it to be then there would be no such thing as irreligion So what is religion? Today people approach all mundane academic academic um topics or subject matters very scientifically. If you want to learn law, everyone knows you must go to proper law school. 
learn from the proper authorized law books, and study under authorized professors of law. And similar with medicine and science, even such subjects as accounting or business. But when it comes to religion, people have a most unscientific approach. That I believe this. I believe God is like this. And you believe God is like that. So you are right, I am right, everyone is right, because God is everything. But according to Srimad Bhagavatam, Dharmam tu sakshat bhagavat pranitam. That religion is not what you like it to be. And it is not what I like it to be. Religion is the word of God. Religion is what God likes it to be. Religion means dharma, means the law of God. Just like there is the law of the state, of the government. Whether you agree with it or do not agree with it, whether you believe it or do not believe it, you are still subject to be bound by those laws. And whether you believe, whether you like, you are bound by those laws. Krishna says in Gita, he says that I am the controller of this material nature. It is working under my direction. And the laws of material nature, they are all being supervised by the Supreme Lord. That under the supervision of the Supreme Absolute Truth, according to one's previous karma, one has to take birth in a particular species of life. These are the laws of nature. So dharma means the absolute law of God. But there is another meaning to the word dharma. It means one's natural propensity, one's essential nature, that which can never be separated from one's existence. Sugar is always sweet. It is the nature of sugar to be sweet. Therefore, it is the dharma of sugar to be sweet. Chili, the chili pepper, its nature is very hot. That is the dharma of chili, to be hot. Now, if sugar becomes hot, or if chili becomes sweet, that is called dharma glani, or adharma. That is against dharma because it is against the natural inclination. So what is the nature of every living being? 
you will find that every living creature is surrendering to either someone or something. Every living entity is rendering service to someone or something, either to one's family or to one's government or to one's employer. And everyone is serving and surrendering to the will of their mind and their senses. When we surrender to the right person and the right thing, that is called dharma. And when we render service or surrender unto the wrong person or the wrong thing, that is called adharma. So who is the right person? Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has quoted from the Shastra, Jivera Swarupoi Krishnara Nityadas. That the spirit soul is essentially the eternal servant of Krishna. When we speak of Krishna, we are not speaking of a sectarian concept of God. Because you know these sectarian concepts of God are causing so many problems in this world. How many wars, conflicts, terrorism is taking place in this world over different names of God? God is Allah. If you don't accept, I kill you. No, no. God is Krishna. If you do not accept, then you will have to take birth again and again and again until you do. No, no. God is named Christ. And if you don't accept, you are going to hell forever. No, no, no. God is named Yahweh, and if you are not one of the chosen people, you can never enter into the kingdom of God. So in this way, there are so many arguments and conflicts, fighting and hate and envy amongst so-called religious people, because people are thinking that the name of God is a monopoly only of their religion. But Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, he transcends these sectarian limitations. Krishna says, Aham Bija that I am the seed giving father of all living beings. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has prayed. Nam nam akari bahuta nita sarva shakti stratrapita niyamita smaranena kala ethadrishi tavakripa bhagavan mamapi durdaivam idrisam ihajani nanuragaha. My dear Lord, you have many names. You are unlimited. Krishna, Allah, Jehovah, Govinda, Ram, Narasimha, Vamana. And in each and every one of your holy names, you have invested all of your transcendental potencies. So when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explaining that the constitutional position of every spirit soul <coughs> is that he is eternally the servant of Krishna, that means the all-attractive, all-powerful, all-merciful person that is the source of everything and everyone. It is our constitutional nature 
to surrender to him. But what is the quality of that service that gives real pleasure to the self? Bhagavatam describes Savai Pung Sang Bharo Dharmo Yatopakti Radhoksha Jai Ahoitaki Aprati Hata Yagatma Suprasiddhi. This means that the supreme occupation for all humanity is that which awakens loving propensities from one's heart to serve God. That service must be uninterrupted and unmotivated in order to completely satisfy the self. In this world, everyone is serving the wrong person for the wrong purpose. How many people's service in this world is unmotivated and uninterrupted? You work for an employee, an employer. If he does not pay you, will you continue your service? <coughs> so the question is, are you working for him or are you working for you? Therefore, it is motivated. People strive very hard to get some government post. All over the world, such government officials are promising the best service to the citizens. But factually speaking, only a rare, 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 tiny few in the whole planet Earth care anything about the citizens. Practically every government official is concerned with power and position. So who is actually serving with an unmotivated spirit? In the same way people approach God, to do business with God. My dear Lord, give me this and give me that, and I will give you this. Huh? People engage in karmic activities, they engage in sinful activities, and then when they're about to get the result, they say, God, please, I don't like this. People ask, what is this predestination? What choice do we have of what our destiny will be? You have a choice of what you want to do. But after you do it, you have absolutely no choice of what the reaction will be. Huh? Just like if you board an airplane going to Calcutta and when the airplane is in the air, you tell the airline hostess, I do not want to go to Calcutta. I want to go to Delhi. They will the hostess will tell you, you are going to Calcutta, my, my dear sir. You say, no, no, I, I am a free citizen, this is a free country, you cannot force me. I want my choice. 
She will say, you had your choice before you boarded the plane. You had your choice to board any plane in the airport. But once you board the plane, you have absolutely zero choice of where you're going. Do you understand? You have the choice to behave in any way you want in this world, to engage in any type of activity. But once you perform that activity, you have no choice what the reaction will be. So this is the problem with this world. People are very much attached to sinful activity, but they do not want sinful reaction. So they engage in sinful activity, and then they go to church and pray, God, God, please don't give me this sinful reaction. Please, please do not. But God will tell you, then you should not have done what you have done. Now you must accept. But Bhagavatam tells us, that the constitutional position of the soul is to approach God, to serve God, without motivation and without interruption. That means our service, our surrender to the Lord is for His pleasure, not for our pleasure. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there is a story of Prahlad Maharaj. <coughs> Prahlad Maharaj's father, Hiranyakashipu, was a very great asura, a demon. And because of Prahlad's faith in Lord Vishnu, Hiranyakashipu was trying to kill him in so many ways, throwing him from mountains, under the feet of elephants, into pits of venomous cobras, casting him into pots of oil, burning, being stabbed by the tridents of malicious, vicious, powerful rakshashas. Prahlad Maharaj was simply, Mare Krishna Rakeke, Rake Krishna Mareke. Krishna, if you want to kill me, then kill me. If you want to protect me, nothing can harm me. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has sung in the same mood. My Lord, if you want, you can kill me. Or if you like, you can protect me. I am your servant. You have every right to deal with me in any way you please. After Lord Narahari came to destroy Hiranyakasipu and save the innocent Prahlad, Nrsingadev offered Prahlad any benediction he desired. My dear Prahlad, if you want, you can have the throne of Indra, the king of heaven. If you want, you can have mukti, liberation from all suffering for the rest of eternity. 
If you like, you can have elevation to Vaikuntha, where you can live as my confidential servant and associate forevermore. Prahlad Maharaj replied, My Lord, I have not come here to do business with you. My surrender unto you is not with any expectation of you giving to me. Simply because you allow me to remember you, I am finding the greatest happiness, the greatest pleasure in life under all circumstances. My Lord, my only desire is that you eternally allow me to render you service for your pleasure. If it means me suffering to give you pleasure, then let me suffer. This will be my greatest happiness. This is the pure nature of the soul. This, is the, this consciousness is the essence of everyone. Because this is the real meaning of love. Everyone speaks about love. God is love. But what is that love? Some people think love is some pleasure. Some sexual pleasure. Or some family security. Or an emotion or a sentiment that comes and goes. But real love is this feeling of complete sacrifice and surrender to the Beloved. And factually, there is only one personality that can completely reciprocate and fulfill all our desires in total sacrifice and surrender. And that is Bhagwan. That is Krishna. Therefore, Krishna describes in Gita, Sarva dharaman purityajya mam ekam sharanam braja aham dvam sarva papebhyo moksha ishami masucha. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender to me. I shall relieve you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Everyone wants to be loved infinitely, and everyone wants to love infinitely. Adharma means to love the wrong person. Dharma means to love the right person. Dharma means to surrender and to sacrifice to the right person. And adharma means to surrender and sacrifice to the wrong person. In very simple language, <coughs> in this world, everyone is very anxious to serve their senses. Even in the name of religion, this is adharma. When we simply learn to 
dovetail that propensity to love and serve toward Krishna, that is Sanatana Dharma. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasochati Nakankshati Samasaraveshu Bhuteshu Mad Bhakti Mlavate Param. Krishna says in Gita, when one attains this divine, pure state of consciousness, which is called Brahma Bhuta, then one becomes Prasanatma, completely joyful, Nasochati, Nakankshati. Such a person hankers, longs for nothing, nor laments for nothing. Such a person is self-satisfied. We are all longing for so many things of this world. The impersonal school of philosophers, they tell us, you must cut all these longings. You must negate all of your desires because they are all meant for bondage. But the supreme school of bhakti, which is taught in the Bhagavad Gita, teaches a much higher and more realistic process. Do not destroy your longings in life. Do not negate your desires. Sarvopadiva niramuktam tatparatvena nirmanam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktaruchate. But simply direct those longings, direct those desires toward Krishna. When we talk about being desireless, it means no selfish desires but infinite desires for the pleasure of God. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is described by Srila Shukadeva Goswami that the topmost of all spiritual transcendentalists are the gopis of Brajadham. Now, Shukadeva Goswami is certainly the proper authority in this matter. Shukadeva Goswami had no desires for this world. You know the story. He was in the womb of his mother. He was the son of Vyasadeva. And from his very conception, he was in the Brahma Bhuta platform. He was a liberated soul with absolutely no desires for material enjoyment. So he was thinking that I am self-satisfied and this world it is full of so many temptations, even such great souls as Vishwamitra Muni. They were tempted by beautiful young ladies like Menaka and they fell down from their high, high liberated position. So Shukadeva Goswami, meditating in this way, decided why should I leave the womb of my mother? The womb of a mother is such a miserable place that there's no temptations. So therefore, I will spend the duration of my life in the womb of my mother. 
This is how free he was from any material desires. He was Brahman realized. But then his father, Vyasadeva, after 16 years of seeing his son living in the womb of his mother, Vyasadeva obviously was feeling very compassionate toward his wife. You can imagine. You ladies in the audience, nine months is hard enough. What to speak of 16 years? So Vyasadeva began to narrate the beautiful pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna. And when Shukadeva Goswami heard those pastimes, he was thinking that this liberated condition of desirelessness doesn't even compare to the unlimited, infinite joy of hearing the beauty of the pastimes of Lord Hari. So he came out of the womb to hear more. Now this Shukadeva Goswami, who had transcended even Mukti, he claims that the topmost of all transcendentalists in all of the history of all of the creations is the gopis of Vrindavan. Now were the gopis desireless? They had no desires for their own personal interests. But they were constantly longing with intense desire for Krishna. Some people even say that the gopis had lust for Krishna. What is lust? Let us examine this word. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami explains that when one's natural desire of affection is directed toward God, that is love. But when that same desire for enjoyment is directed in any other direction, that is kama or lust. So even lust, when it is directed toward Krishna, it is pure love. It is prema, prema bhakti, the highest consciousness. So the gopis of Vrindavan, they were filled with infinite desires to please Krishna. And this is the real path of perfection. This is Sanatan Dharma. To simply learn how to direct our service nature toward pleasing God. And Krishna is so easily pleased. When you try to please people in this world, you're never satisfied, and they are never satisfied. Just like Mahatma Gandhi. He dedicated and sacrificed his life to serve his countrymen of India. And one of his countrymen, one of those very people he dedicated his life to serving, was dissatisfied to the point that he killed him? 
So in this world, whoever we serve, they are never completely satisfied, nor are we. But Krishna, he is so easily satisfied. In the Bhagavat, we read about Putana. Putana came to kill Krishna. Huh? She was a Rakshashi, a very big witch, eight miles long, high. And Kamsa Center, you go to Vrindavan, this newborn baby, Govinda, you kill him. So Putana smeared a very deadly poison upon her breast. And then she disguised herself by her great mystic power as a very beautiful young lady. She looked like a goddess of fortune. At the time, Krishna was just an infant baby. He was just newly born. He wasn't even at the age where he could walk or even see properly. And Putana, in this beautiful disguise of hers, when she came into the house, she was so attractive that everyone was thinking that a demigoddess has come to bless our new child. So they let her in. And she picked up the child and she put her breast into his mouth. And the baby, so innocent, began to drink her milk. Huh? And he drank all of her milk. And then he kept drinking. And he kept drinking until he was sucking her very life force out from her body. And when she felt that all of her life's energy was being taken away into this child's mouth, she began to try to pull him off. She was screaming out, leave me, child, leave me. And then she ran outside of the house and she assumed her original form. Eight miles long. And then she fell to the ground with such a crash, screaming hideously. She died. Huh. Now Krishna, he is such a gracious recipient of service that even though she came to kill him, he only saw the good. He was thinking that this witch, Putana, she came to give me milk, just like my mother. Therefore, her soul was transported to Goloka Vrindavan, the ultimate Vaikuntha planet, where she was given an eternal body as Krishna's mother. This is how gracious of a recipient of servant service Lord Sri Krishna is. Real religion is very simple. It is described in the first canto of Bhagavatam in such a way that it is practical for everyone on earth to follow if they simply have the sincere desire.
अथाकुम वाराणश्राम विभाग whether you are a businessman whether you are a doctor or a lawyer whether you are a farmer or whether you are a government official or a military man or whether you are a sanyasi or a brahman or a preacher or whether you are a housewife whether you be in the householder ashram in the brahmacharya ashram nivana prasasham or sanyasasham any position any situation you are in no need to change simply perform your duty for the pleasure of god Krishna says in third chapter of Gita Jagyaratat kamanon yatra lokomam tam karma bandara tharatam karma kontaya mukta sanga samachara Whatever work you do do it as an offering of devotion to the supreme lord Kalikale namarupe Krishna bata That in this Kali Yuga Krishna has incarnated he has descended in his holy name In 2 days from now is Janamashtami It is the celebration of when Lord Shri Krishna appeared as the son of Vasudeva and Devaki in the holy city of Mathura over 5000 years ago And at that time Lord Krishna revealed his divine leela by killing the demons like Kamsa and reciprocating loving exchanges with his friends and serving his queens in Dwarka But one may ask now that Krishna is gone who are we to take shelter of where is religion to be found But the shastras say just as Krishna has descended as the son of Vasudeva and Devaki 5000 years ago he descends directly in the same way whenever his devotee chants his holy name Lord Shri Krishna told Narada Muni Yatra gayanti man bhakta tatra tishtami narada Huh? That wherever my devotees are chanting my names you know for certain that I incarnate right then and there All the majesty all the power and all the glory of God is within his name Therefore Bhagavat describes Krishna varnam tvasakrishnam sangopanga shaparasharam jagyai sankirtana prayaya janti hi sumedasa That there is no sacrifice there is no religious principle higher in this age of kali than the chanting of the name of God 
that all the different forms of ritualistic ceremonies, all the different forms of puja, all the different forms of givings and charity and, and observances of holy vows, they could all be fulfilled by simply chanting the name of Krishna. Therefore, this natural consciousness that is inherent within us to love God and to know God can be realized directly and experienced through the simple process of chanting the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. When we chant the holy names, this is not a sort of professional concert or entertainment. This, in fact, is the most holy action that any human being could perform in life. It is the supreme form of worship of the supreme, absolute truth in this age of Kali. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as prophesied in the Vedas, was Lord Sri Krishna himself, who incarnated in this world 500 years ago to personally, by his own example, demonstrate how anyone from any background can attain the supreme perfection of Sanatan Dharma by the simple process of chanting the names of God. And with this purification of consciousness that comes through this chanting, we can go into this world and we can serve humanity. We can serve all living beings with real love and real compassion. We can be the well-wisher and friend of every living being. When you love God, you love everyone and everything because you see him everywhere because everything is manifesting from God's energy. So real religion is this universal principle of love, which is the very essential nature of everyone. And when we awaken that love of God through the chanting of His noyams and glories from within our own heart, then like the shining sun, that love will radiate toward all living beings. What more than this does the world need? The world does not need more money or more bombs. The world needs more love. So let us be a real servant of humanity and render the highest service 
by learning how to love God and how to be the compassionate, well-wishing friend of all living beings. Just as Krishna appeared on Janamastami as the son of Vasudeva, when you surrender to him in love, he will appear within the very chambers of your own heart. That is his promise. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.